Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of this show is for mature audiences 18 and over due to the topics discussed. Please feel free to follow and like Romantic Truth on Facebook at facebook.com slash romantic truth. You may also listen to the podcast on anchor.fm slash romantic truth. Now, here is your host Jawson. Hi everyone, Jawson with you here, Romantic Truth Las Vegas. Well folks, let me tell you what happened so far in the world of trying to find that life partner. Dun dun dun! That's right, the saga continues. But it was kind of interesting folks. There was a lady that contacted me on Bumble. And she was upset because she read my profile and she saw that I did not want any married or separated women. And she actually told me that I was being discriminatory. And she says something to the effect of You're a black man. How can you discriminate against women? And I told her, I said, well, you're married, though. I looked at her profile. Married. There was no divorce. There was no single. It said married bigger than day on there. And then when I read her profile, it said happily married. Enjoy my children and pets. Well, it seems to me, ma'am, if you are happy with your life, why would you want to go on a dating app and solicit a man who's single if you're not? But see, here's what got me the most with this. She framed this as if in some way I've taken away one of her rights, like I denied her access to me. Now, ladies, as you know, and those of you who've been listening to the show for over five years, I'm no damn catch. I'm just an average guy. And so, it just boggles my mind as to how this lady turned that argument around the way she did. And she told me, she says, uh, something to the effect of, because I don't remember all of her phrasing, because whether you know it or not, on Bumble, they have a limited time span in order for you to contact someone that contacts you. I think it's like 48 hours or something like that, 72 hours or whatever. Now, We can't be monitoring a damn app 24-7 for 48 or 72 hours. Hell, there were matches I missed. Matches that missed me. 
But she wrote something to the effect that I was discriminating against her and she used a metaphor like it was the equivalent of Martin Luther King not being able to march in Washington, D.C. Yeah, she really poured it on thick. And I said to myself, now somebody who is trying to convey guilt this much, there is something wrong with that person. Now, I don't know this woman from a can of paint, never met her, never spoke to her. But I could only tell by what she displayed that there were some issues. Now, not in a derogatory sense, because see, we have taken mental illness in our society and we've made it something bad or taboo that it shouldn't be. Mental illness, believe it or not, if a person recognizes it, they should get help. But you also have mental health, which is different. It's the same thing in the physical sense. You know how we have physical illness? And what else do we have? Physical health. Well, we try to go and keep ourselves healthy. Now, what I find interesting about this whole situation with this lady, I'm thinking that this is a kind of a big reach for attention. And if somebody grabs onto this, she will probably reach forward. But what would scare me in a situation like this, even if I chose to go on and try to pursue this married woman, would be the difficulty in her making a decision to go forward. Now we're just going hypothetically because you know I don't mess around with married women. I don't even like the concept of doing it. Because I respect the decision she made. She made a decision to be with someone. Okay. I honor your commitment. But please don't let me lose respect for you by you dishonoring it. And sometimes this is what happens. Now, let's look at a few things here. Now, this is not something like this. This is not the first time something like this has happened to me. I remember one time, not too long ago, laid down plenty of fish. Same thing. And here's the thing that got me with that situation. She was upset with other married men that were cheating, trying to talk to her, and she was married. She wanted a single man. Now, as you remember, the one lady that took issue with me when I told the guys not to mess around with married women, widows, divorcees, single women that never been married, 
Fine, all fair game. I have no problem with those women. Some of these others, a little suspect, some questions need to be asked. Now, there are a couple of more things that we have to look at here. What causes this to happen? What would motivate a woman who's married to openly go for a single man without any regard for their marriage or even the well-being of that single man? More than likely, according to some of the women that I've asked the same question to, just like the focus group I have on uh, Facebook, came down to the same thing. Selfishness. Same thing that men do when they cheat. And of course, there's a sense of entitlement that goes with it. And there's also a sense of low self-esteem. But here's the interesting thing, too. It's funny that some of these married women actually get mad at you when you reject them. That's a dynamic I still find amazing. How the hell are you going to get mad at me because I'm respecting you and you're disrespecting your marriage? What is up with that? As I told you, I'm not coming to you on no moral tip here. I'm just facing this as a situation as a man trying to figure this out. And of course, with every woman, the rationale is different. Oh. Yeah. With every woman, the rationale is different. Now, I for one have dated women that have had different views on marriage. Many of them I wouldn't consider marrying because of their views. Considerations such as not to take the relationship too seriously, to be in an open marriage, or to have it where you're reevaluating every year to see whether or not you need to be together. Designating an alternative partner in the event the two of you have some sort of disagreement or impasse. Oh yeah, these things were floated as proposals from women that I had dated in the past. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh, not me. Again, not taking a moral high ground. I just prefer, if I'm going to date somebody, I want to date that person 
and that person alone. I don't want a whole bunch of people around. I had that already. It was fun while it lasted back in the day. I've sold my royal oats. I just want a damn good woman that shares her feelings and who's a lot of fun. That's it. Nothing else, nothing special, nothing crazy. But it seems like it's difficult for that to manifest. Seems like it's very hard for that to actually come to fruition. Because what happens sometimes, we wind up dealing with people that are so caught up in the now, the material, the trends, all of these things. And they can't focus on things that actually needs to be done. And it becomes very, as my friend would say, complexicated. I'm using his word. And it shouldn't be. Now, ladies, you go through the same thing with some men sometimes, where the guy's married and he's still trying to pull up on you. And you're like, no, you know, you got a wife. And you're trying, you damn near got to beat the man off of you. And I can imagine how difficult it is because there are more of you in demand than there are men in demand by women. Because see, what happens to me with these married women, once every blue moon, you guys are probably inundated with those every day. There's a friend of mine, she said when she gets on Instagram, that's all her inbox is filled with. A whole bunch of married men or men in messed up situations trying to holler at her. And most of them are looking for a place to stay, trying to move away from the woman that they're living with. Now, there's some other things that we have to look at here too as well. You know, when a person makes a poor choice in a partner, or a poor choice in general, as far as, see, sometimes we would think that maybe I made the mistake of choosing this person. Sometimes it should be, maybe I made the mistake of choosing a relationship when I'm not ready. And sometimes we have to separate the two and see how they work. Now, I'll tell you one thing that I really do like, and a lot of guys complain about this, and a lot of ladies complain about this as well. Finally getting to someone that you could talk on the same intellectual level with and communicate with. Sharon, 
out of Houston, Texas. My heart goes out to you. She graduated from uh, University of Houston. And one of the problems she had was the people she hung around, none of them went to school, her friends. And her peers on the campus didn't really want to have much to do with her. So she felt kind of isolated. And being that she was a minority woman, she's Hispanic, she was wondering, where do I fit in? Now there was a gentleman, Bo Jr., my friend's son, left a message about the same issue. And folks, that's the security team doing their job diligently. And what it came down to, he couldn't relate to any of the people around him, but he couldn't even establish constituencies because those people didn't want to relate to him either. And he wanted to know how to handle it. There are a lot of people that are in that predicament, professionally, socially, emotionally. Nobody wants to be bothered with you unless you can benefit them greatly in some capacity. I know that, that it's a messed up feeling to have. But yeah, there are people that are like that. And they put you in this box and you're stuck there. Now, the one thing that I will tell you, don't allow yourself to languish. Don't allow yourself to get so numb that you give up hope. Because see, what you're gonna have to do is stimulate your own mind. I know what it's like. You can't hold a conversation with someone about intellectual things. The only thing you can do is talk about the last dummy down thing that's out there, the trending thing, a celebrity or two, reality TV. Just the baseline of thinking. And it gets boring. And you feel displaced and it's understandable. So don't allow yourself to get put into that corner. More in a moment, folks. All right, Sharon. Out of Newport News, Virginia. And she writes the following, folks. Hi, Jocelyn, I'm 47 years old. And now that I have a new lease on life, my daughter has grown and gone. I had this little thing that I had started a few years ago when I was married. I did it as a hobby and now it's a full-blown habit. I love talking to incarcerated men. I love putting money on their books. And I love chatting with them online. 
I try to make sure that I get with a lifer or someone that has some serious time so I don't have to worry about the obvious threat of him getting out. I don't know what this is about with me. I haven't been able to figure it out. And I'm not going to therapy because I know I'm not crazy. But in any case, I just wanted you to know that all of us women out here are not desperate. Just because we're over 40 doesn't mean that we can't find anyone and that no one loves us. I just want to underscore that if you don't mind, sir. Well, there's no need to underscoring it. I never said anything like that. But, you know, your ears are different from everyone else's, including my own. So I will take your word for it as what you say from your perspective only. But let's take some time and just look at this for a moment, young lady. Uh, first of all, and I can call you young lady because I'm 61 and you're in your 40s. Now here's the thing. You're dealing with men that are in captivity because you like teasing men who can't do anything but admire you. You know, you're, this is your way of being a stripper. You know how the stripper can go and grinding a man's lap and slide all over his legs. You know how they do. Try to get that extra tip, that extra money. And see, you can be as salacious as you want to in those letters. And in most facilities, you gotta watch your photos. Many of them don't allow nudity. So you gotta keep it kind of risque, right? Maybe do the old thing that most of these women do that my friend used to tell me about when he was in prison. The girls would go and get these t-shirts that would cut right underneath the nape of their butt. And they would love to wear those. Or they'd wear a g-string that was very provocative. But whatever it is, it's something that really gets you aroused. Those endorphins kick in. And you kind of like that rush, that feeling. And you start singing a song, I can't fight this feeling anymore. Let me stop before the seagulls start joining in. Anyway, what I'm trying to tell you is this. If I were you, I'd go to a therapist just to see what it's about. Because here's the problem that you may run into. What if you get hot and heavy one of these guys and they wind up getting out on a technicality or some other means? And then they look at you as the only person that was there in their corner for them. Now you have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. And see, that's what you would have to look at from that perspective. So, what it would have to come down to, in essence, is that you would have to fess up to a couple of things. And one of the things you would have to fess up to is the fact that 
you may be in over your head with these guys. You gotta remember, these guys have nothing else to do besides work in the prison. They have to watch the hierarchy in there. They have to watch the COs in there. And so they're under a lot of stress. You may be adding to it. Now, true enough, some guys love to smell your perfume on your letters. And some facilities won't allow you to get those from what I understand. Where the woman has sprayed perfume on them. Or enclosed pubic hairs, that kind of thing. I never forget a lady one time. A lady that I dated one time in Europe. They sent me a mail. I'm talking about a regular letter. And she had clipped her pubic hairs and sent them in there. I didn't know what the fuck they were at first. And I was like, oh, damn. My cat looked at me. I looked at the cat. I was like, yep. I said, these are the wrong kind of pussy hairs. <laughs> but here's the thing. You're playing a dangerous game. Just be careful. Because, you know, somebody may misinterpret your feelings for them in a different way. They may think that it's more than what it is. You're kind of leading guys on in a way. You know, I've been one to always say that for offenders in prison that did not commit any violent physical crime, I've always thought that maybe they should be hooked up with some females that have not had any violent physical physical crimes to see whether or not they could get along and if they decide to go on and be together okay good of course there have to be a lot of logistical stuff involved in order to make sure to ensure safety and people didn't get pregnant and STDs and all that stuff but to relieve some of that tension inside that environment Because one guy was on TikTok talking about a Cook County in Illinois. What they're doing is a young dude coming there talking shit. They knock him out, spit in his booty hole, and they spread his cheeks and go for it. But my friend always told me, the one that did the 20 plus years, told me. He said, one thing you got to realize in there. All that shit on the street goes away when you walk through those gates. You're starting back at zero. All that street gang and all that shit goes away. It evaporates as soon as you walk through that gate. 
talked about how all these guys were so tough and everything. Some of them in that braiding hair, washing people's clothes, basically being a bitch. But on the street, oh, they were talking big shit. So, ma'am, there are a lot of things you don't know what you're dealing with if one of these men were to get out. And I'm not saying this is a bad thing because a lot of women do this. I'm just saying, just understand. Like a lot of these women don't understand some of these guys have issues with their sexuality because they got locked down and probably got turned out in there. And so they probably went in straight and now they're bisexual. And they're still fighting against that temptation because they've been put in that direction. There's some people that like that. Now the other thing you have to consider is this. The other thing you have to consider is what if you fall in love with one of these guys? Then what? What happens then, ma'am? What are you going to do? Second mortgage your house to get him out? Go to the wire? Did you know that almost all of the serial killers in this country have a female following where these women would have their children and would date them and would sleep with them? And you got men who didn't do none of that shit, like myself, find it very hard to find a decent woman. And these motherfuckers can come out and kill God knows how many people. And they have a fan club. People rooting for them and shit. Women walking around with t-shirts with their names on them. Saying shit like he didn't do it. The guy recently, the one that is allegedly well, that is on trial, but allegedly murdered those four people in Idaho, those four innocent souls in Idaho. He's already got women that want him. Because they're stuck with that bad boy image. They want the bad boy. But what they don't want a lot of times are the penalties associated with being with the bad boy. How many times have you seen this, fellas? Those of you that have been locked up. Oh, she's enjoying the life while y'all out there bullshitting, driving around, doing shit that you shouldn't be doing illegally and then you get busted first thing she's going to do cover her ass turn the state's evidence because what they like is they like to ride but what they don't like is the responsibility of that ride You know, like ride or die chick? 
Well, you got a lot of women that will ride, but they damn sure won't die with you. They say that shit because it sounds good in a song. Let the DA get those charges going. Let that plea bargain come around. Shit. What you gonna do? Wind up like Cookie on <laughs> Empire? Where your Lucius Lions is just gonna have your back after you get out? Shit. Ladies, don't be a fool. Fellas, you already know the drill. Ladies, please be aware of what you're getting into when you get into a guy's car. If the tag's expired, and he's a felon carrying a weapon and got drugs on him, maybe that wouldn't be a good... I wouldn't give a damn if he was just going to Taco Bell with you. That wouldn't be a good move. Especially if he's already got time. He probably might say, well, can you take the weapons charge for me? Can you take the cocaine charge for me? Because it'd be about third strike. And baby, you know, I want us to be together. And I, you know, I don't want this last strike to, se to separate us. So you take fall on this, all right? You woman, you'll probably do three, maybe. And I'll go and have a lawyer for you and everything. And as soon as her dumb ass say, okay, she sealed her own fate. More in a moment, folks. Alright, Jennifer writes the following out of Spokane, Washington. I take issue with your terminology when you talk about first move sites. In particular, I'm signed up on Bumble and I'm signed up on Clover. And I think you have a closed mind if you think that some of the things you said make sense. First off, as a single woman, I know what I'm looking for in a man. Therefore, I make the first move on the guy that I appreciate and like. It's not that I'm damaged. It's not that I'm hurt. None of that applies to me. It has to do more with, I want to be the one to choose for a change. That's right. I want men to want me. So many times I go on these dating sites, OkCupid and all the rest of them, and it's always the guy will contact me I'll contact them back and then I have to wait. No, they're going to wait on me on Bumble until I reply. I think it's only fair. Maybe you should rethink your strategy and you'll probably have better results. Just my opinion only, dropping the mic, rolling my eyes, LOL. Alright my dear, I know you want to be provocative and you want me to come in on you, but I'm not. And here's why. That's your experience. Yours. Nothing's wrong with that. 
just like I express my experience on Bumble, you express your experience on Bumble. Is your experience any more definitive than mine? The answer is hell no. We're about the same on that. The only difference is you're a female and I'm a male. Now, it may give you control. My experience has been I've run across a lot of emotionally damaged women on Bumble. And not only Bumble, on Clover too. Now, here's the thing. Does this mean that everyone is indicted to be in some way damaged on Bumble or Clover? Of course not. I can only go by my experience so far. I can't apply my experience or they can't apply their experience to every situation. But see, here's the thing. I can tell this lady's frustrated. And here's why I say this. If she was already happily matched with a man, she wouldn't be on here raising beef with me in an email. So ma'am, since you're on Bumble and I'm on Bumble, you already know what my handle is, I'm sure. It's my name with a seven behind it, I believe. It has a seven behind it. If not, it's just my name, but usually I put a seven behind it. And that's it. And who knows, maybe we can meet up and... Hell, I don't know, finger paint. Oh, hell, maybe we could build a popsicle castle or something. Who knows? But one thing that I will tell you, ma'am, just to help you out here. Everybody's experience is different. Let me tell you, even on OkCupid and on these other dating sites where men make the first move, you'd be surprised how many men make the first move and how many lackadaisical responses they get. But see what it comes down to, we're so focused on what we want that yeah, we're gonna pass up some good people because we're going, it's just like when a person goes shopping and they're single-minded and a lady says, I need to go and find me a periwinkle purse. Does she want a navy blue purse? A white purse? A red purse? No, she wants a periwinkle purse. And that's what she's going to look for until she finds it. Well, this is the way many women actually look for a man. Men have to be a lot more flexible. We have to be more open. And see what comes in out of the gill net of dating. Yes, we can have certain criteria, but our criteria is by no stretch as stringent as a woman. Oh yeah, you ladies are pretty uh, strict on what you like and dislike. Us men, we can't be that way. Because for one thing, statistically, 
We don't get as many hits as you do. You guys can turn 10 guys down in one day. We'll do good if we can get 10 women within one week or month. That's the way that works. Because, see, the difference is women can look for better deals on men. Men are just looking for their first deal a lot of times. Especially if the guy's aesthetically challenged. If he's short, got a receding hairline, his ears are too low down on his neck. It could be anything. His mustache doesn't even make it to his lip. His nose touches the top of his lip. His eyes are too close together. It could be anything that would make a woman look at him from the perspective of you're undesirable. You're not what I'm looking for. And once that happens, it's hands off. Thanks, but no thanks. I'm not interested. But as I told you before, fellas, a man can take a woman in any condition. A woman's only going to take a man under certain conditions. That's just the way it goes. Because see, when we discriminate as men when it comes to women, it's going to be something that's very obvious that we discriminate against you about. It's not going to be something very marginal or trivial. Now, I'm going to let you in on the secret, ladies. I know some of you are embarrassed because you're younger. Some of you are in your 20s and you're wearing dentures. I kid you not. Ladies, Many of you already know you're in demand by men. I'm being serious about this. I ain't bullshitting. A fine woman in her prime with dentures, trust me, yeah, there's a market for you. There are a lot of men out there that are saying, hell yeah. I'm not going to go into detail. I'll let you connect the dots. I'm just saying. Now, another thing too is this. Many of these dating apps, they're expensive just in general. One lady uh, contacted me complaining about Bumble. Well, hell, I'm not Bumble's customer service department. I told her to contact them. The hell she want me to do? Well, here's the thing that I'm getting at. A lot of times, ladies, these dating apps 
are nothing more than time wasters for the most part to keep you on them. Same thing for you guys. That's the reason why I always tell you, I only do 30 minutes a week on a dating app. And I only spend about two or three minutes on each of the apps I'm signed up with. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday are the days I go on my dating apps. And I only spend 10 minutes per day for those three days on it. Because I'm not going to get burnout and fatigue. I'm not going to be tired. Now, if there's someone that I'm interacting with on a regular, then, of course, that may change. But as far as checking it, being hypervigilant, the hell with that shit. And a lot of these time-sensitive apps where you got 72 hours or 48 hours or 24 hours to contact the person, they want to keep you in that cycle of thinking. After a while, you get fatigued and get tired of that shit, don't you? Fellas, one thing to keep in mind, I've looked at many surveys and Statista, along with others, concur that more women look at their dating profiles and messages on Sundays and Wednesdays. And on Sundays, it's a longer period of time than it is on Wednesday. Wednesday is just a glance. Sundays, usually they're going through and reading the profiles of the guys that shown interest in them. Now, another thing to keep in mind, fellas, ladies, only 16% of Americans actually read. What do you sit down and read books, that kind of thing, in magazines? Most of them usually skim. And so when it comes to you developing your profile, if you want somebody that's going to be into you, write it where they would have to read it. If you're looking for someone that you just want to meet, get to know later, then you can set it up for a person to skim. Because see, the difference is that person who's skimming, they're not focused. They're just like, yeah, 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 okay, 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 boom. That person who's focused, who's reading your profile, they're going to be able to talk to you about things on it. And that's a good thing. And it works in a positive way for you. But the thing is to be direct about what you want, what you're looking for, what you're offering. But one thing that I will tell you, if you use the word honest, you better be yourself. Don't ever ask something from someone else that you can't provide yourself. And this is how some women get into trouble when they get in relationships. They make demands that they can't meet. Oh, that's a hard feeling. Oh, he must have a car. Do you have a car? No. I 
look at my situation. I take Lyft. Might take the bus. But very, very seldom will I take the bus because the bus don't run where I live as much. So I call up Lyft. I get to where I need to go. Get back from where I need to be. And if we have a date, both of us don't have a car, hell, I can pick her up with the lift or else we can meet each other. Might be a little bit more convenient if she had a vehicle. But do I make that a requirement? No, because I don't have a vehicle myself. Now, I could purchase one, but guess what? I wouldn't want to drive it. Not with my vision impaired. But then again, would I trust the woman enough in order to buy the vehicle and then put her on as a driver, primary driver? Hmm. But what I'm saying to you is, you're gonna to have to really Think about the things you asked for before. You get too far ahead of yourself. You know, the reason why a lot of these guys are trying to teach women lessons on these dates by taking them to places and then refusing to pay the bills and that kind of thing. They're letting these women go out and tell them how materialistic they are and what they want out of a man and that is in his wallet and then after the guy goes and does this he wants to wag it in her face and shame her and ladies who's causing all this chaos believe it or not it's some of the poorest women they can't afford to date because they can't even afford to pay their own bills those are the ones that are causing problems those are the ones that are making the demands of men that most other women do not make. The average woman doesn't have a problem going to Applebee's for dinner. That poor girl with that attitude and that entitlement, oh no, Applebee's is an insult to her. See, the woman who can afford to go to these fancier restaurants, guess what she's not going to do? Have this guy bust a gut in order to prove himself. She already knows he doesn't have as much money as she does. So guess what she's going to do? Make it a little bit easier on him. As a guy who dated a very wealthy woman, I can tell you one thing for sure. When they have the money and they're considerate of you? Oh, yeah. It was funny. The first time Monica and I ate at a Denny's. <laughs> it cracked me up. She says, honey, I need to stop by the store. I said, why? She says, could you go in there and give me a last <laughs> She wanted to get all that out of her system. She didn't like the food. But what I 
we'll give her credit for. She broke her norm. She never had to stoop so low as to go to a place like that. No shade intended, but when a person has resources, they don't have to bend like we do as people who are working class and poor. So it's a whole different thing. You see, one thing I learned also, and I saw something that I thought was very, very interesting. Monica and I were at this uh, venue one night, and it was a wine tasting. They had the cheese, the grapes, and all this other stuff that you could nibble on. And there was this guy there. And the guy looked like he had just stepped out of a damn movie. He kind of reminded me of Clark Gable. And there was a lady that Monica knew. And she was going through some hard times. Didn't want to tell Monica her situation. And at the time, she had caught the eye of this guy. And Monica came over to me and she says, uh, I think that guy likes my friend. I said, Clark Gable? And she started laughing. She said, you need to quit it. I said, he does look like Clark Gable. Frankly, Charlotte, I don't give a damn. So you can't tell me that ain't Clark Gable and Cogdito. Well, he comes over and Monica introduces her friend, introduces me. He introduces himself to both of us. And her friend is like, doesn't think as though she's worthy. And over the years, Monica had helped her out financially, given her a few things. But she's never thrown, she would never throw anything in anybody's face about what she's done. She'd just do it. And this man took a liking to her. And before it was over with, they were exchanging numbers. And she was going to catch the bus home. And he offered to drive her. They messed around, and about close to a year later, Monica got a wedding invitation. He straight up married. And we went, and I fucked that cheesecake up, let me tell you. <laughs> I was a bandsaw on that damn cheesecake. <laughs> I know there's a lot of people pissed off because, you know, wedding, when you have a wedding, you know, those tables, the, the amount per person can be expensive. It was very expensive at this venue. I made sure one thing, I ate enough cheesecake for about four people. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. Had to do it. You make the mistake of inviting me to your wedding reception and having cheesecake. Uh, you know, fucked up. But it was pretty cool because they had a um, nice wedding and her family was very humble. And for the first time, 
I started to see this woman not only smile, but you saw a personality that was never there before. It was a vibrance. And they married and had kids. They're still married to this day from what I understand. And I eventually told him that he looked like Clark Gable. And he said, yeah, I get that all the time. I had to. Hell, I felt like I was in the old South when I saw him. yeah that's something that you know we have to be cognizant of more in a moment all right folks um i had a gentleman that wrote in and uh, it was kind of interesting what he had written. I'm not going to read it on air. And I'm not going to use his name or city because he asked me not to. But I did get his permission to talk about this particular matter. Folks, be very careful about lending people your old bones. Make sure you wipe them before you let them use them or make sure it's password protected, at least your account. What had happened, this gentleman lost his phone and he had contacted his carrier for a replacement. It was going to come in a couple of days. Meanwhile, he still needed a phone. So his friend, co-worker of five years, allowed him to use his old phone. Now, this phone needed to be charged. And so he went and charged it, took it home. And while he was at home, when he went to go into the phone, he thought that, you know, hey, I'm going to have to have a password, etc., etc., else I'm going to have to log in under another Google account. Well, that wasn't the case because there was no PIN or password on it. So he goes in and then he sets up his Google account on the phone. And as he does so, all of his apps are coming down to his phone. And then in the background, things are synchronized. So he goes, gets his phone, does his business. A couple of days later, his replacement phone comes. That's right, certified like new, not brand new. Comes in. And of course, he transfers the data over. But he's got the new phone now up and running, put the SIM card in, and he's ready to go. Got the SD card in there, and he's ready to rock and roll. He begins to notice 
some activity on the phone with all these notifications. When he opens up one of the files on it, it takes him to Google Photos. There are thousands of pictures and videos of this man's wife naked in compromising positions. And he was debating whether or not it would be ethical to delete them or to tell his friend about it. Now, the women would say, damn sure, delete them. The men would say, don't tell your friend about them. Keep them. Ethically, I delete them. Now, he would have a problem at any point explaining how that happened. But here's what you have to look at. You have to look at who's at fault. The person who lent him the phone. Fellas, ladies, make sure if you're going to let someone use your phone, an old phone of yours that you don't use anymore, make sure you wipe it. Log out of it and wipe it. Because a lot of times we forget and don't wind up like my friend did one time. Friend was dating this lady and she broke up with him. (laughs) She broke up with him because he had a poor taste in porn. Now, you know that's fucked up. Your woman leaves you because you have a poor taste in the selection of other women that you would like to lust after. That's pathetic. That is just straight up pathetic. So, fellas, just keep that in mind because a lot of people make that mistake. Same thing with SD cards. Some of you folks, leave them. Make sure you pull them with you. Now, another thing about SD cards while we're at it, just as an added note, you'll see some advertised for like $29.95 Wait, one terabyte, one terabyte card. It's probably petitioned for one terabyte, but that does not mean that it can hold one terabyte of data. This is an old ripoff that people will use sometimes. That particular chip may be only a two gigabyte chip, but they'll try to petition it where to make it make you think that it's one terabyte. And it may read that way in certain devices until you start really saving things to it. And then you have to reformat the whole thing and then you find out it's only two gigabytes. So watch yourselves on on some of those purchases when it comes down to that. Because they will stick you. Now, 
another thing too. When it comes down to dating, don't be afraid to look for two for one. In other words, where the two of you may go somewhere and eat cheaply for the price of one. Fellas, get this thing out of your head that some of these women try to push it about you being cheap because you're using coupons. You want the woman that suggests using coupons. She's the one you want because guess what? She's already looking out for the welfare of the both of you. That other woman isn't. She's trying to make demands of you. How high can you jump? The other woman is saying, let's jump together. Your choice, your wallet, your money. Because see what they'll do is they'll try to swipe at your ego, your manlyhood, to make you feel as though, or your manhood, whichever one you prefer, and make it seem as if you're inadequate. Funny how that word always seems to come up somewhere along the line. Because it makes you feel like you came up short, you didn't do something right. By the way, I want to give a shout out to Taylor here in Vegas. Congratulations, dear, on your little $700 windfall at one of the casinos that will remain nameless. Congratulations to you. She just wrote in, tell me that on Instagram. My DM. Really proud of you, Taylor. Now see, you're not a Swifty. I don't know why the hell I'm a Swifty. I'm 61 years old. A black man that's 61 years old that's a Taylor Swifty. Of course, this is not Taylor Swift that did this, but in any case, she's cute. She's nice and young. But let's carry on here. Another thing too, fellas. Um, the question has been about buffets. Do buffets count as legitimate venues on a date? Uh, I would say... I would take a woman to a buffet that's not so generic. And if I were to take her to one, it would be around maybe the fourth or fifth date after we've gotten a chance to know each other where that whole impressionism thing has late, has kind of gone to rest. Well, you're not worried about trying to impress her or wow her anymore. Because let me tell you what gets old quickly. That whole dance that we do, where we're trying to not only put our best foot forward, but not make any mistakes, that shit's getting old because we really can't be ourselves in that environment, can we? We got to put on that show and go da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. We got to do that. And it pisses me off sometimes that we can't be ourselves. I'd rather be me than anybody else. This is the reason why if I'm on a date with a lady and I see that she's being considerate of me like, well, you know, I'll just have a salad. 
Honey, do you want a steak? No, I, you know, I, I don't want to... Mm -mm. If you want a steak, order a steak. But here's the thing. She's got to work her way up to that position. How does she do that? We got to get the first date done in a cheaper venue. Once that happens and we have a chemistry and we have some sort of interaction, then we can go forward. But for me just to go out and just uh, say, you know what? Let's do this. On a first date, hell no. Can't afford to. You realize how much money men have thrown away on first dates? We don't think about that crap. Gas, effort, circumstances. Oh yeah, you guys have written in about paying for babysitters, lending family members of the person you're dating money for gasoline so they can go to work that night, buying groceries, having to pay for auto repairs. There was one guy out of Louisiana went on a date with the lady and the lady told him, I won't be able to go to work tomorrow because my car doesn't work. It needs brakes. So he goes and put brakes on the car just met this woman now. And of course you know what it's going to lead to eventually. It's going to lead to good bucket fucking. But the sad thing is. Some people are very comfortable. In asking. A guy that they're supposed to be having a relationship with. Who they don't know that well for things and this is why I tell you folks please be able to pay your own bills before you start dating and again I don't care if you only have $10 left over after all your bills are paid hell you guys can go to Dairy Queen or Tasty Freeze or somewhere because after all it's about the experience together that matters That's what it's about. More in a moment, folks. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned, or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes, in the event for professional assistance please contact the local licensed professional family counselor.
marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.